Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Save Our Planet podcast. Now, in this episode, we are talking to Brendan Lee, who is the Circular Economy Manager at Simply Cups. Now, Simply Cups' mission is to make coffee cup recycling an absolute breeze. So in this episode, we're going to talk about why they can't be recycled traditionally, how Simply Cups are actually recycling them, and how their whole business model works in playing with the circular economy. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a cup of coffee and let's get into it. Thanks so much for joining us today, Brendan. So I first of all wanted to kick things off. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey with Simply Cups? What drew you to working in the world of coffee cup recycling? Thanks, Lottie. Pleasure to be here. So uh, I started working for a company called Closed Loop Environmental Solutions in 2014, and it's Closed Loop who run the Simply Cups program. Now, it's interesting, it would have been the first year that I was at Closed Loop when I had a coffee out of a paper cup, and when I finished, I popped it into the yellow top bin. And my, the colleague that I was with said, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, paper cup, recycling it. Uh, and he said, you know, they're not recyclable. And I said, ah, of course they are. You know, like they I know that there's a lining to them, a plastic lining to them, but they're 95 plus percent paper. So, of course, I put it in the bin. They can get rid of that. And he said, no, they can't. The liner actually prevents the pulping process work effectively, so they can't be recycled. And, of course, you know, being a doubting Thomas that I am, I didn't believe him. And I did uh, my, my own internet research and found it was absolutely true. It was absolutely correct that you cannot recycle cups through the standard uh, yellow top bin. But the great thing was he said, you know what, we've got a sister company in the UK and they've just started this exciting program called Simply Cups. You should have a look at it. You're obviously passionate about it. And so I did. I had a look and was very excited because, I, you know, I was carrying around this huge burden of guilt. I'm a two-cup-a-day man, and I've been putting these cups into the contaminating the recycling stream for, for years, so I had to do something about it. And so I had a look and saw the program in the UK, and also you and your listeners may or may not be aware of an organisation called APCO, which stands for the Australian Packaging Covenant Organisation. There's sort of a semi-government body that helps the packaging industry get better and really a large of that getting better is getting better recycling or avoidance or landfill avoidance options. So I had a look at APCO and I had a look at their uh, their business plan and, and they had targeted coffee cups as, as a problem. And so I approached them and said, hey, would there be any chance of getting some money to run a pilot program? and have a look at what they're doing in the UK and see if we can't recreate it in some way in Australia. 
just to cut a long story short, they said yes. I managed to get additional funding out of the city of Sydney and the Queensland government. And so we ran a pilot program collecting coffee cups in office buildings, three office buildings in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. Yeah, the pilot was really successful, I'm glad to say. And so, so what we did is in order for a material to get recycled, a, a product to get recycled, what we have to do is you have to demonstrate to the downstream processors, the recyclers, the manufacturers, that you can collect this kind of material in large quantities with very low contamination rates. So what we did, our pilot involved basically what we did is we went to Bunnings and we got a section of downpipe. We put it on a little stand. We put a nice sticker around it saying, deposit your coffee cups here, no lids, thank you. And really what that tube allowed was, was people could put the cups into the top of the tube and they'd stack inside each other. So this is exactly how you buy coffee cups. You know how a cafe buys coffee cups. They're stacked inside each other in a sleeve. Effectively, we were recreating that. So we designed a, a plastic sleeve to collect them. The plastic was exactly the same kind of plastic that's used to line the cups. And we ran this program over a month in these three office buildings. It was incredible. Not only did we get massive engagement from all the staff in the buildings, but we collected on average 4,000 cups at each seven-storey building in a month. So there was a 1,000 cups a week from seven floors of office workers. Wow, that's craziness. It was crazy. And the contamination rates were less than 3%, which is just unheard of. So the messaging really worked. We had a simple slogan that went, it was a it was a flip, tip, slip, which is flip your lid into the bin, tip out any residual liquids and slip your cup into the tube. And I think that really, you know, I, I guess a little bit of rhyming uh, resonated with the workers and they followed the message to a T. I think that's great. And it is often those simple ideas. They're so simple. A piece of downpipe on a stand, an easy jingle. It is about making it so easy and so simple that there's not really any room for error. It's just like put everything here and then we're going to go from there. I just wanted to quickly kind of touch on what happens to these coffee cups that you're accepting? Because obviously the traditional recyclers are like, don't put them in your yellow top lid. We don't want them. But you are collecting them. You're recycling them. How are you recycling an item that nobody else wants? Yeah, well, basically what happens to the, the contents of your yellow top bin goes into a truck and it gets taken to a MRF, MRF stands for Material Recovery Facility. Um, MRFs aren't complex. They, they're a very simple operation of conveyors, some magnets to pull out the metals. It goes through a trommel, which is a revolving cylinder that pulls out any beverage containers. So it really separates things by shape. After you've got the metals and the beverage containers, you're pretty much left with mixed plastics and mixed paper. Now, the way that they're separated is really from two dimension to three dimension. And how that's done is there's a conveyor belt, that a rubber, a rubber conveyor belt that goes up on a diagonal 45 degree angle and it's shaped, it's shaken. So it's bouncing. It bounces all the products that are on there and the 3D materials roll down to the bottom and off into the plastics stream and the flat material stays on the belt and goes up into the waste paper stream. So usually cups are separated at that point because they're 3D. 
right? So they go into the plastic stream where they're a contaminant. They're a nuisance. It's really hard to then redirect them back. You'd have to do that manually and it just wouldn't be worth it. Now, if the cups were, say, flattened and they actually sort of trick the, the machine into um, sending them into the paper stream, they go into the pulping process. So this is where recycled paper is made. The pulping process is, again, it's very simple. So just to explain, it's like a giant top-loading washing machine. All the paper is, is loaded into it. It's in cold water, and it's got a stirring device, an agitator, and it's held there for four minutes only. So it's stirred around for four minutes, and that allows all the fibres of all the products to separate, and it turns into like a big porridge, a big slurry, right? And that is then sprayed onto a, another belt, and it's sent through a drying process and comes out just like it's just like a sort of cardboard finish. But if you think of a cardboard box and you think about those corrugated bits in the centre, that's really the primary product that's being made from these operations. So that's why cups can't be recycled, the standard process. I'd also just love to touch on the lids because I know that for so long some councils were saying, yes, pop your lids in the recycling bin, and now they're all like, we don't want to see them, we don't want to touch them. So your single-use coffee cup lids, I was told, correct me if it's wrong, it's because they're too small and lightweight and they're also black often. Is that correct? That's not incorrect, but there are also additional reasons. And lids, I find them so frustrating. They are real product. When we started the Simply Cups program, about half the lids that you would get were made from polypropylene. The other half were made from polystyrene. Now, within a couple of years, so we started in 2017, within a, within about a year, almost 100% of the lids were polystyrene. And that's the main reason why they are not recyclable because polystyrene, in fact, polystyrene foam boxes, you know, like with packaging material, it can actually be recycled in Australia, but it's it's a tricky process. The fruit and veg markets and seafood markets, they're actually quite good. They've got a little nice closed system with high volumes and they can get that stuff processed. But the compacted polystyrene, the microbead stuff that's used to make uh, coffee cup lids can't be recycled currently in Australia. I thought that also polystyrene was being phased out from packaging. Or is that just like the polystyrene that's around your fridges and your electronics when it gets delivered to your door? So, so yeah, that is correct. Also, you know, like the the styrofoam clamshells. So that kind of polystyrene is being phased out. We've been lobbying really hard to get polystyrene lids phased out as well. But unfortunately, those efforts have so far been unsuccessful. And interestingly enough, there's a reason behind it, and that's because the polystyrene actually grips the top of your lid better than, say, polypropylene. So there's less spillage and, you know, everyone's worried about people worried about people getting burnt or ruining their clothes. So I get it, but there is alternative materials. And, in fact, you know, we'd be delighted to work with any packaging companies to, to work on that together. But you know what? Even if they were made of a recyclable material, they are very light. These MRFs, the, the material recovery facilities, they're quite a windy environment. They've got all these cooling fans and they've got the machinery running all the time. So they're quite windy and anything lightweight just gets blown onto the floor. 
so these lids are, are that awkward shape. The very few times when I get a coffee now in a takeaway cup, in a paper paper cup, just I just don't need a lid. So I refuse a lid. And hopefully it's something that some of your listeners can think about doing as well. No, definitely. So now on to the thing that we've all been waiting for. How are Simply Cups recycling the single-use coffee cups? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we started in 2017. Since the start, we have explored 18 different technologies and products that potentially be able to uh, use the recycled material. In the early days, we saw separation as being the most as having the most potential, and that was separation of the plastic liner from the fibre outer. And we worked with uh, we worked with a company in the early days. I mean, our pilot program actually featured on War on Waste, and that was my fifteen seconds of fame uh, prior to this. And also, this this technology was also featured on the second series of, of War on Waste. But unfortunately, the products that it turned it used it used chemicals to really dissolve the adhesive that connected the plastic liner from the paper outer and was very successful in separating them. We had not two very clean material streams, one of soft plastics and one of fibre, but the chemicals used remained in the pulp, in the in the recovered fibre, and that was problematic for the recyclers. They, did, they didn't want that. And also the recycling or pulping operations in Australia almost exclusively designed to make brown paper cardboard, make paper suitable for cardboard boxes. The white fibres, the strong white fibres in a coffee cup, they contaminate the colouring. They introduce bleaches and uh, inks, which are undesirable. And the strong fibres in a cup aren't always compatible with the weaker, shorter fibres in a recycled box or brown material, brown um Fiber, so it just done, it, it made it made a less strong product. So that was uh, you know that was that was disappointing when that that opportunity didn't come to fruition. We didn't we certainly didn't we never rested with one anyway. And then to cut to the chase, we've explored seventeen other options apart from that, and we're now active with five. Although we're super active with two. The two and the reason why we're we're super active with the two is this is where the fibres in the cups are really a beneficial additive to the final product rather than being a filler. And so those those two product lines is one is asphalt. And you have to uh we have to take you on a little journey here about asphalt. I'll try and make it as brief and simple as possible. But asphalt is made of aggregate of different sizes. So you've got kind of got larger stones, which are about 10 mil in diameter and all goes down to some sand and powder and that's all held together with bitumen or the tar component which is a you know this gooey sort of liquid high high viscosity liquid now when 
the asphalt, so when that liquid or the, the bitumen is poured into the aggregate, it will naturally sink. It'll go, it'll go through and it needs to bind to all that at those different aggregates to get a strong bond. Now, when you add the fibers of a coffee cup in there, what they do is they create some meshing throughout the profile of the road. And what that does is it holds, it holds that bitumen up. So it gives it more time to bond with the aggregate. And it, so it creates, it gives a stronger bond to the asphalt final surface and what that stronger bond does is it means the roads are more durable so they'll wear down less quickly they also are quieter and they have a shorter skidding distance and they're they're less prone to erosion and they're safer yes the second product is a lightweight concrete Um, so the recycled coffee cup material is added to a normal concrete mix at a rate of around about 35%, what that does is that creates a final product that is 50% lighter than normal concrete. Now, it's important to be open that there's limited uses for this because there is slight weakening in the concrete strength. So it can't be used for structural concrete products. But what the, the main product that's, the, that's made out of it, that our partner um, makes out of this, is... It's like a large paver, but it's used to affix pool pumps or water tank pumps, air conditioning units, provides a base for those, and it can be drilled into and it's, it's all, you know, very easy to use. But the key thing here is normally a slab like that weighs 26 kilograms. So it's really, it's a big lift for a single person, whereas uh, these ones weigh 13. So a worker can manage that by themselves uh, and get that into position. So it's it's a much cheaper install and it functions perfectly well. No, that is really exciting. I've actually got a sample of the lightweight concrete here and it's so cool to see and to feel. And like you do, you think you're going to pick up this really heavy brick. I'm not going to say it's light as a feather, but it is very lightweight in comparison. And also I got sent as well a piece of the board that you're making as well. So is that board the result of the lids or is that board like it's kind of like looks like a bit of like paper mache almost. I'm going to describe it in layman's terms. Or is that the kind of the out outer lining of the coffee cup? Uh, now that's that's the whole coffee cup. So, I mean, the attractiveness of all these solutions too is that they can use all the material. They don't need it. They don't need the plastic liner separated out. And they're also... Uh, we say that we run an open church, so we can accept a coffee cup made of any material, whether it's compostable, has a compostable liner, or there are cups now coming out of an aqueous liner. We can use all of these products, all of those cups in all of these products. So yes, that third uh, option, which we're waiting really to come online a little bit more strongly, it's a replacement plasterboard. So I don't know how, you know, whether I'm sure some of your listeners will know exactly what a plasterboard looks like. But the other thing is it's used for ceiling tiles. So if people are in an office and they look up, you're probably going to see these sort of partitions in your roof with these ceiling tiles. And they're that sort of part of the board. They're sort of a little bit kind of fluffier. So this this product safe board is halfway between those, I guess. What it is is it's compressed liquid paper board, which is what the coffee cups are made out of. And 
it also it's about 50% liquid paper board and about 50% soft plastics. There is no additives in this process, so it's it's purely that product, and it's made by basically pressing this material together, heating it so that the plastic softens without melting, compacting it a little bit more, and then letting it dry. So this product is now available in Australia for use in households and commercial buildings. So cool. And it's so pretty as well. Like in the Banish office, we've got these really ugly ceiling tiles and I would love to have all of the colours as well that you've got and you can see in the kind of speckle of it all. So I think it's amazing, obviously, what you're doing with coffee cup recycling. It's a difficult material. You've done the R&D. You're really, really figuring out exactly what to do with them. I know Brad uses them, like we use Simply Cups as our way to recycle um, single-use coffee cups. But how are you getting the word out there and how can both individuals and businesses get involved in recycling single-use coffee cups? Okay, so... There are already 1,500, more than 1,500 collection points around the country. Nearly half of those are in 7-Elevens. So every 7-Eleven that's not one of those hole-in-the-wall type shops has a coffee cup at collection point. There's also a couple of hundred collection points in shopping centres, supermarkets, university campuses, and schools too. 7-Eleven came on early as our pioneering partner in this, and they've been so generous in providing us uh, some funding to allow us to explore all these solutions. And I also just need to mention that uh, the federal government, through the Product Stewardship Investment Fund, also provides us great assistance. Without that, that assistance, we wouldn't have got to this point. So, you know, massive kudos to those two parties. 7-Eleven are huge in helping us um, promote this. So. Uh, They've got a a program called the Cup Rescue Program, which donates the collection units to schools. Schools then can collect cups that are used on their campus and take them back to the local 7-Eleven, who will then pay for the the collections to have them recycled. You might think, well, it's not a lot of coffee is going to be consumed at schools. And, well, hopefully that is the case. But also, what it's not just coffee cups that we recycle. We recycle paper cups. So we can also recycle Slurpee cups and cold drink, soft drink cups as well. So we get the word out. You know, 7-Eleven are fantastic at helping us get the word out and advertising this. But really, to tell you the truth, it's, the program's just grown organically. We haven't really done any marketing, right? Because I, I didn't actually finish that sentence. The rest of the collection units are mostly in office buildings and at construction sites. So they're installed here and we collect them on a, an agreed frequency at, at all of those sites. But, of course, we do we do regularly post on social media whenever there's a milestone. So we're, we're up to, I don't, I don't know, 35 million-odd cups that we've now diverted from landfill. So we usually celebrate those milestones or where there's a, a new exciting customer come on, well, congratulate them on on our social media platforms but one of the key things that's going to be happening too is is now the simply cups program has now been assessed by apco i mentioned apco australian packaging covenant and they administer the australia australasian recycling label which is that label that you'll see on packaging that says put the lid in the bin put the rest of the, the container into your recycling so we've now qualified for that, which means 
any brands can publish the ARL on their coffee cup with clear instructions. They do say return to store. You essentially can just go to any 7-Eleven to uh, return to the store. And that is going to help get the word out to people of a demographic who are not necessarily engaged in the sustainable space. So they're going to learn that they can uh, they can recycle their cups. That is really exciting. Congratulations. I'm sure it wasn't an easy um, hoop to jump through that one, getting the ARL. But I really wanted to hear about your opinion on kind of the future of single-use coffee cups because we obviously spoken today a lot about how, they, yes, they can in fact be recycled, but obviously what we really want to be aiming for is for fewer people using them in the first place. So what do you think that we will see in the future when it comes to, yeah, single-use coffee cups? I would love to say be an optimist and say that there will be none, but I'm sure there will be some. But what do you think is going to happen with them? Uh, it's such a fascinating space, Lottie, and it's hard. I, I gaze into my crystal ball over here a lot and I don't get any clear indications of what's going to happen. It's obviously there's there's a lot of bands of single use packaging that's that's that are coming in and each year those bands uh, broaden to encompass more materials, but really the bands can only work when there is a viable alternative. So obviously the initial response, well of course there's a viable alternative. You can use a reusable cup, but just step back for a minute on that one and the life cycle analysis on a reusable cup goes somewhere around you need to use the same reusable cup from somewhere between 6 and 12 months in order for the carbon footprint to be the same as using um, one or two disposable cups a day. Right, So that's that's an interesting thing. So if you lose or break your reusable cup more often than once every 6 and 12 months, you know, the advantage there is lost. Then there's, then there's the fact, like, it's easy to be kind of a... A bit of a sustainability snob, and I try really try not to be. You think about the outlets that use the most coffee cups. So I sort of think about the sustainability types like me, and you try you, you tend to go to your independent cafes. That's where you get your coffee. But the majority of people that they get their coffees at the coffee chains. McDonald's is by far and away the biggest seller of coffee cups. Seven Eleven is second. And then you've got a bunch of others, you know, like Muffin Break, Gloria Jean, Coffee Club, Marcel's, these sorts of places. The demographic that probably uses those are probably less inclined to use a reusable cup or take care of a reusable cup. So that the benefit of those is, starts to come into question. And there are different situations. So if you're a, you know, if you're a white collar worker in an office, you get a coffee in your reusable cup and you go to the sink and you rinse it out. If you're a tradie, it ends up in your car and it probably stays there for the day where it might go a bit manky in the sun and after a few uses, you might go, you know what, this is this has gone too far. I can't, I'm not using this anymore. Or, you know, you're a mobile worker, so you're, you're a driver and, again, you've got this, this product sort of, in your car with no easy washing station. So I'd love to think that reusable cups could replace single-use cups, but I just don't think, I think we're a long way from it because I don't think there's the public education and the public will there to change to that. What is interesting is 
In Western Australia, they have banned single-use cups with a plastic lining. They've permitted uh, compostable plastic uh, paper cups as an alternative. Now, the interesting thing is there's no industrial composting facility in Western Australia currently that will accept those cups. So this is just a baffling alternative for, for us. In fact, we challenge the government on why they're going down this path when there isn't this infrastructure to, to compost the cups. And they said, well, people can recycle them through your, your tubes, right? And we said, yeah, they can. They can recycle plastic line cups just as well. You know, why are you making the cafes and everyone pay more for these, these alternatives when you don't have the solution for those alternatives? Yet our recycling option works works just as well for both of them. And really, they said, "Look, this is the, it's it's popular policy, so we we're, we're going to proceed with it." So that, that's the situation there. And there have been trials all around the world about having reusable hubs. And this is sort of where the life cycle analysis, the carbon analysis, comes in. The effort and energy required to capture those cups, wash them, redistribute them to the outlets, and that whole process. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of miles to do it. So, yeah, I think we're a little way off. I think we're going to have to find solutions for the recycling of cups for a while yet. But thankfully, the solutions that we've found are fantastic. And, you know, they, they create products that were better than their predecessors. So it's not such a bad thing. Yes. No, I think that's a good way of looking at it. So, Brendan, I wanted to ask you one last question that I ask all of our guests, and that is what is one actionable thing that our listeners can do tomorrow to help save our planet? Well, of course, you know, follow the the, the avoid, reuse, reduce, recycle mantra. So while I said that there's a lot of people who uh, reusable cups won't work for, there's still a lot of people who will work for, including me. So, in fact, I, I just think we should try and find find the time to sit down at the cafe and take a colleague there, have a meeting there, um, enjoy it in a ceramic cup. But if not, if you need a takeaway, takeaway in a reusable cup. And if you're gonna, if, if you can't do that, use a paper cup without a lid. And if you can't do that, make sure you put the cup into a simply cups tube for recycling at the end of it. But also just. In the future, keep an eye out for, you know, particularly in the, in the, in the coffee space, keep an eye out for the ARL coming on coffee cups. It's eligible now. It's available now. All we need is for brands to start asking for it. And for brands to start asking for it, we need their customers to start asking them to supply it. Each cup sold with the ARL label will provide one cent to the Simply Cups program so that we can help improving that process and keep collection fees down amazing great really good tangible takeaways thank you so much for your time brendan i really appreciate it thanks for having me on the show sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.